This is the AV Podcast Games Edition. Hello and welcome to the AV Forum's Gaming Podcast, the December edition. It's Christmas, everyone. Uh, I'm Steve Hill, and to my left is Mark. Hello, Mark. Evening, Steve. And to my right is Leon. Hello, Leon. Good evening. And somewhere in the middle is Steve. Good evening, Steve. Ah, fellas, it seems like ages since we've uh, done this, although it's uh, not any any different from our usual schedule. No, it seems to come around actually a bit quicker uh, when you've got games to play. And there are a lot of games to play. Uh, the big hardware release, of course, this month since we last spoke is the Wii U. Mark, did you dust off your Zelda Princess Zelda outfit and uh, get in line at midnight? No, no, no. I had it pre-ordered, ready to come to my front door. That's the only way to game these days. Let the postman brave the cold out there. Um, no queuing up for midnight launches? Not in this weather. If it was a summer launch, I might have done so. But no, it looked it looked bitter out there. And does the does the postie generally show up on time down your way, or is, do you end up kind of getting an afternoon delivery like we do here sometimes? No, not bad. Um, morning deliveries, uh, but this was obviously by courier, and so um, we went through the usual trials and tribulations of uh, dispatch notice that came twenty four hours too soon, waiting in, peering out of the, the blinds to see. Did that mean you might? You thought you might have got it slightly early. I thought I might have got it twenty four hours early, and it's it's a sad thing. I should have just said, "Look, no, I'll I'll rearrange delivery. I'll say no." I'm happy to get it on release day, but when you you know you're going to get a console perhaps a day early and you can lord it over people, you you want that. Everybody wants that. Retailers must know that they do it. They send out these um, your item has been dispatched notification well ahead of time, and the forums always full of people going, "Oh, I've got my email. Do you think I'll get it early?" And then they never arrive early. Those days are long gone. No, it, it's standard now. I'm, I'm sure, I'm absolutely sure 24-hour delivery now equates to 48-hour. You get the first one saying it'll be there tomorrow. And then by the time you've bothered ringing customer services, it's going to be just 24 hours away anyway. So you just say, oh, I'll wait for it. That's fine. There are usually a few impatient people who just say, well, I ordered a couple and I'll take back whichever one doesn't arrive quite so early but it was there was a time when you could kind of uh from certain retailers you could kind of guarantee that you would get it slightly early but those those days daisy long gone now yeah and you're also in the in the run-up to christmas no one's quite sure how much stock was going to be about you know everyone's kind of got these visions of you know the big stock shortages like with the Wii. You know, I think some retailers didn't want to say that they would be sending them out early. I think some perhaps were a bit optimistic. Um, but, you know, there does seem to be stock around. So at least on that front, people should be able to get one for Christmas. So talk us through your morning. Were you camped out in the porch, pressed up against the glass, waiting for the nice courier man to arrive? No, no. Sadly, uh, on that day, I, I'd cleared the day when he was supposed to arrive. Um and when he finally did, I, I was out, um, and so I came home to find a, that nice parcel, and then you get the the unboxing ceremony. Didn't bother filming it, because I'm, I'm not quite into that. Scandalous. I'm sure our, our listeners would have loved to have seen an unboxing video. Would have been amazing. <laughs> there, <laughs> there's nothing to it, really. Um, there, because it's it, it, I got the Zombie U pack, so it, it's in this, you know, specially marketed box which looks quite nice until you realize that the the copy that comes with it is the good old-fashioned not for resale version and that always takes a little bit of the shine off it um 
but yeah, setting up was really easy. And so, I, you know, after I'd ripped me away into the package, you know, there was nothing left of it. Steve, you also picked one up, didn't you? Did you uh, get it on release day, or did you wait a little while? I was forced to wait, unfortunately. Uh, the certain retail that I bought it from didn't do me any favours with the dispatch on this one. So was that because of demand, or just um, being a bit... A mistake at their end. I ordered, I actually ordered it on release day, because I was on in for ages whether to buy it or not. I decided to buy the bullet on release day. Um, it said it would be there within three to five days. Obviously, it was the Friday, so I thought, yeah, maybe it'll get here by Wednesday. Um but they decided to say they had a problem with that specific console and not to tell me. So it's been it's still sat in my, my basket there waiting to be dispatched apparently, even though I've asked for it cancelling about ten times already. But I have I did but, order but another one. one. I do have one. I ordered another one separately and it did turn up uh start of this week. So yeah. I have actually got it there waiting for me to play now. So let's talk about um, the actual hardware. It, I take it there's lots of different models. Which one did you two go for and why? Um, and I went for the basic pack because I'm I'm a poor student, so I couldn't afford the more expensive one. Um, it come, I mean, it comes with a, a, a piffy little eight gigabyte hard drive, which will, it'll do for now. But you can expand it, you know, with a, a USB stick or an external hard drive. But this is something completely new for Nintendo. So tell me, what, what what's the eight gig useful for? Does that mean you can install games from disc onto it, or is it just purely for downloadable games? It's just for downloadable games and save data. I mean, the the day one patch, which took an absolute age on my connection. Anyone who you know, anyone who since this regular now my internet connection is shocking i think it took two and a half hours to download the day one patch for this and that took up nearly half Are you serious yeah literally i was sat there watching it the little bar go by up on the gamepad and i was just i was swearing at it waiting for it to go quicker but no um so yeah that took up about, about half of the storage on on my version which is a bit a bit annoying but like I say, you can pick up an external hard drive for 40, 50 quid now and it takes up to three terabytes. So, you know, you're never going to run out of space with it, really. That's good. Someone like Xbox in the past, has, uh, Microsoft have been guilty of uh, making it so that you could only use their official ones initially and then slowly they've come around to the idea of allowing you to use third-party gear. Yeah, um, there are a list of compatible ones on the internet, but I think you can use other ones but it just no matter the size even if it's above three terabyte it formats it to three as a max but like say if you get a one gigabyte one and if you're just going to be saving data on it you know it's probably going to be more than enough for a lot of people out there that buy it so what do you get in the box um you get the console um i got the just the console and the gamepad and the charger for the gamepad um then i got um sports connection with it as well but i know michael got a few fancier bits with his version so he got the premium pack mark do you push the boat out yeah, I got the premium pack. It just, you know what? I'm I'm done with white consoles. I'm done with kind of you know white MP3 players and that kind of thing. The sleek black box under the TV just looks nice and nondescript. Um, plus the extra hard drive space just makes sense, really. How much extra hard drive space are you getting for the premium release? Yes, yeah, thirty two. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's quite a, quite a big jump in in what you're actually getting. What's the difference in price between the two packs? Um. Well, obviously you get the game as well. You get um, in the premium, so it's basics usually about two fifty. You can get a bit cheaper than that now. Um, premium was somewhere just over three hundred. You know, about three twenty. I think it generally retails for. Um, but I picked it up at two nine nine when it was first up for pre-order. Basically, a lot of places didn't know exactly how much to put it up for, and in the premium version, you do get uh, the extra pro controller and a nice little stand for the console and so 
yeah, you get a couple of extra little things, um, nothing major, and I uh, haven't actually tried out the Pro Controller much yet, but um, yeah, it's, it's just, I mean, it's the same console, it's, it's just two different versions to, to try and sell to people and to try and make that bit of extra money. So Leon, first new bit of hardware in years and years, uh, how come you're not on board this uh, train from Nintendo? Uh, it's just not really my style. I managed to get through the last generation without buying a Wii, and I don't think I'm going to have the same problem. So uh, <laughs> it, it'll be all right. Unless, I don't know, we'll see. I'll sit and wait. If it actually turns into something great, then maybe I'll think about getting one. But Zombie U looks kind of interesting. That still remains interesting to me. Yeah, it's a, I suppose this is a good point to ask. You know, for considering that both both Leon and I haven't decided to to jump on board, what's what's good about this console? What's great about it? Do you think we can end this conversation by me running out, throwing my money at the nearest retailer, picking up a uh, a, a Wii U? We know what you are like with buying consoles. Anyway, you'll sell it and buy another one back anyway within <laughs> three weeks. True, won't yeah, you? this is very true. Yeah, well, I mean, the big the big feature has got to be the game uh, gamepad. It's got to be the controller. Um, you know, Nintendo seemed to have pushed the boat out with uh, motion control beforehand, and we've seen how other console manufacturers have, have followed that. And really, even though everyone said that Connect would be great and PlayStation Move and all the extra power that they would be able to harness, ultimately, I would say neither of them have been as cohesive and as well-designed an experience as you can still get from the Wii. And so... Now that they're moving towards tablet controllers, um, you know, you're going to see the same thing come from the other manufacturers. You've already got Smart Glass with, with the Xbox 360. Um, but again, it's something that they've tacked onto a console. It's something that they're doing in addition. It'll be interesting to see whether the next Xbox actually utilizes it as something core that is there from day one, something that, you know, the system has been at least partially designed with in mind. But I still doubt that either of the next-gen systems from the other manufacturers will actually be designed around this idea of kind of tablet gaming, which you know Nintendo have gone for. So if you want the unique selling point, it's that they've actually designed a console around something that's going to be different. Let's talk about this this controller a bit more. I mean, so what, what what's the, what's the size of the device? Is it is it much bigger than say an Xbox controller, which we're um, you know obviously very used to? Is it more like a, an Xbox um, Mark One controller, the big old ones from back in the day? It dwarfs the Duke. It's nearly it's... the same size as the actual console if you actually measure it. Right. Wow. Heavy. It's actually quite light, surprisingly. It's it's not as cumbersome as you'd think. I don't find. I think my you know my grip's quite. It fits quite nicely in it. You know, the it was originally flat, but they've you know shaped it now, so it fits quite nicely in the hand, which is surprising given the size of it. What's the build quality like? Uh, it's a little bit cheap. I mean, the, I th- the trigger buttons are a little bit too easy to press for me. But um, other than that, I mean, the screen's really really clear, and you know, the I find the responsiveness not a problem either. But it could be a little bit better, you know. The plastic's a little bit, you know, a little bit cheap. But apart from that, it's 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 quite solid build. Touch screen and and all of that it works in the same way that you'd expect a tablet to work. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not a multi-touch screen. You know, it's just a one-touch. I mean, if you use the stylus that comes with it, it's a lot better. You know, you can press it a couple of times with your finger before it responds. But if as long as you use a stylus, then I I think it's fine. It's resistive the screen so therefore if you're used to using uh, another tablet it will seem a bit of a shock and it will probably seem a bit lightweight and a bit cheap but i think there's a very 
important point to kind of make the distinction between lightweight and poor build quality. Um, if you're used to using any kind of reasonable tablet, you'll be used to something that's, you know, perhaps got a metal back to it that's got kind of absolutely no flex. It's going to be built really solidly, but it's made to be kind of sat on a lap. It's made less to be held up. This is something that they've had to design so that you can hold it up and have it vertically, you know, parallel to the screen. So therefore, it's got to be lightweight. It's got to be as light as it possibly can be, which is why it, you know, it is of, should we say, not the most substantial um, materials. It, it is plastic, and you can't get away from that, and you you don't ever feel like it's going to be. The, the same experience as perhaps using a top-of-the-range tablet with smart glass. Yeah, but I, it, I don't have a problem with that. I think the only thing I want aching at the end of a good gaming session is my thumbs. Anything more than that, if I'm feeling p fatigued or if I feel like I've been to the gym, it kind of defeats the purpose, you know? Yeah, that was the big worry, was this idea that, you know, it, it's all very well having a you know big screen there and having this great controller that houses an accelerometer and a gyro and it's got this near field communicator in it it's got all these nifty little features but if you're not going to be able to use it in the manner that they designed it to be used i held up and waved around and the like then it's going to be no good and and really if you think about the touch screen as with the nintendo handheld consoles you're going to want to hold it in one hand and therefore you know you can move the other hand around to move the stylus and swipe across the screen if it was going to be as heavy as any kind of a regular tablet just holding it in one hand for any degree of time especially if it was flat would be almost impossible they've they've redesigned it with with better ergonomics so it's got this kind of little ridge along the back so you can hold it very comfortably in one hand yeah i think the the biggest question about it really for me was would would the bulk rule out um, younger gamers which is something which Nintendo have always always catered to they have with every generation so far and it, it it seemed to me that if this was a big bulky device that was you know it needed an adult really to use it then it seemed a, a big step for Nintendo to be turning their back on that that market so is that was that worry uh, kind of um, a waste of time is, is is this still going to appeal to young young gamers oh um well, we'll ask our resident young gamer. <laughs> what do you reckon, Steve? I mean, to me, I think I think the the Wii still holds the most appeal for you know for the younger audience out there. To me, the Wii U is an evolution of the Wii, so it's more a more you know grown up version. You know, it can run the AAA titles out there than you know the more powerful ones that are out. Um, you know, I've not got massive hands, but I think my hands put quite well onto the th um, onto the controller. I tell, you, yeah. I, I tell you the other reason why I bring it up. Um, I think am I am I the only parent out of all of us guys? Yes, you're the only one to have that burden. Yep, only you. My my son absolutely loves uh, the iPad, and I would never I would never dream of buying him one just for him to have. And I'm sure that's that's the same with with lots of parents. They kind of have a tablet that is theirs, and then the kids, of course, get to a point where they're savvy enough to use it, and they want to use it all the time. And Nintendo kind of had a way of sort of pushing out not only their latest console, but also a solution to that um, uh, marketplace, if you like. Because correct me if I'm wrong, this. Uh, controller can also browse the internet it can play back video it can kind of do all of those basic things that you would expect from a tablet correct 
Yeah, yeah. There's um, you know, there's a YouTube app on there. They'll film Netflix, all that sort of stuff. So if you wanted to put a, you know, a TV program on Netflix for them, they could do like say the browse the internet. So if you've got you know kids under under ten that are at an age where they feel like they want to have some sort of tablet device, but also want the games, it's priced pretty competitive, competitively compared to something like a, an iPad, for example. Oh, definitely. But the, if they break the gamepad, they're they're not exactly cheap. I think I think they're about hundred pounds to replace. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. I think Michael know for sure. But considering the functionality and that you don't have to go down, you know, maybe the Android route or anything like that, if you want absolute kind of simplicity of OS, very user and, friendly and so yeah, on and so forth, then it does kind of have that almost secondary appeal of almost seeming like a, a my first tablet kind of a device. Definitely, that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly the term I even thought of at one stage. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're clearly going to be able to tap into that market now. And, and you, as you say, you know, as with your son, kids absolutely love tablets. They've taken to, to kind of touch technology perhaps better than than us older generation um, because it seems so intuitive. It, it, it doesn't seem odd to them. Um, so I, I think... You know, there is an argument that kids will take to this, um, but the only real issue is you know the size and like you know they've kept the weight down and that kind of thing. Um, but if you want to use it as a traditional controller, I can see how say you know this idea that you know octogenarians and uh, youngsters alike will be all using the same device and waving their arms around in front of the TV. I can't quite see it having the same effect as with you know just a simple Wii remote. Sure. Sure. Well, let's get to the nitty gritty. The games. What are they like? What have you got? And uh, are they any good? Oh well, um, Steve, do you want to take this one first? As you've gone for some of the ones that are um, multi-format. Oh, you didn't go. Perhaps... You didn't go for Zombie U. I've picked that up today. Oh, I've just. Right. I've, I've literally gone out and bought it today. We're keeping yeah. you from it. Yeah, um, I've had a little quick go on it, but I'll uh, I'll be waiting till later on to play it. At, you know, in the dark and proper time, to see what if it's it sees what it's all about. But yeah, um, I've actually picked Black Ops 2 um, for it and Batman Arkham City Armoured Edition. Um, Leon's already looked at Black Ops 2 on, on the Xbox, but um, I didn't necessarily really get on with Black Ops 2 when I played it on the 360. I think, you know, it's getting quite tired now. Um, um, like I say, I've, I've got a bit bored of the, you know, this sort of futuristic setting, but, you know, this... The, the like little features that the gamepad bring into the multiplayer, you know, it just these little simple ideas are just adding so much to the gameplay. You know, if you if you go online, if you're playing on the TV with the gamepad on, because um, you can play this just solely on the gamepad, you can turn the TV off and just play it on the pad, or you can, or, you know, or for example, your other half could be watching Grey's Anatomy or some other um, fascinating TV show. Yeah, um, but yeah, if you say if you're playing online, um, you've got the TV on and you've got the gamepad on. The map is there for you to look at all the time. You don't have to pause to see where you know. Um, you can change a class on the fly. You can call in your you know your score streaks on the fly. You know, it just seems like such such a simple idea, but it just seems so right because you you don't have to pause and you don't have to be out of the game to know where everything is. And especially in hardcore, you know, it feels like you're always in control. It, to some extent, because you can see where everybody is, see where the fire's coming from, and you can go, because in hardcore, obviously, you've, you've got no map, or, you know, if something, unless someone calls a UAV in. So it it just feels like it'll it'll breed, you know, a new sort of, you know, generation of Call of Duty players, because it's, you know, they're going to be more in control of the game than somebody, like, on the 360 or the PS3 who has to keep pausing, unpausing, you know. And that, you know, that results in, like, a shitload of deaths, you know, if you keep pausing it. Um 
but you know it's it's just great it's just seems such a great little idea that it... graphically where, where where we at would you you know if we put this side by side with an xbox or a ps3 we'll leave the the pc out of this comparison but if we would put them all alongside each other how how would it compare do you think I'd say it looks exactly the same. I think it, it, you know, it can match up to the 360 and the PS3. I think it's, you know, it's, it looks exactly the same. Um, you know, I think I think that's the same for all of them. Um, I think it, you know, it's going to rival what they can do. I, I believe it's got a, is the processor the same power or just a little bit more powerful than what's out there at the moment? I can't I can't quite remember. So it's, in terms of graphics, it shouldn't it shouldn't ever be an issue that it's poorer than the 360 or a, a PS3 version. It seems, you know. It, you ask ask yourself the question: Why didn't they do this a couple of years ago? Just a couple of years would have made all the difference. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, but like I say, it just it's just these little ideas that just seem so mad that nobody's done it. I mean, you can see it with like you know smart glass coming through. You can control your Xbox with it, and you can do a few little you know tidbits on it. I suppose book. you've got to grow with the uh, the technology as as it matures. You know, your, your ideas mature. But okay, so that's Black Ops. Um, what was the other game you said you picked up? Batman. Batman, yeah, um, that is one game that I think looks a lot better now than it did last year. It seems mad that that came out last year now, but it's like it's been redesigned because the gamepad's brought a few new features in, so you can use you know you can select your gadgets from the gamepad, and when you put detective mode on, like Matt said earlier, you lift the pad towards the screen, and sort of like augmented reality style, you move the pad around the room to find different clues and you know scan them. So to that extent, it has been ported, but it's got a new few new features, and it comes with all the added extras as well. So I know there were a few grumbles that the Catwoman DLC was, you know, part of the game that wasn't included in every edition of the game if you bought it second hand. But now, you know, it's it's got every bit of content that's come out. So um, there's something with the Riddler, and there's uh, Harley Quinn's Revenge that comes with it as well. So it's if you want, you know, a new experience and the complete game, then this version will definitely give you that. Good stuff. Uh, Mark, the big one that we've all been uh, quite excited about, the one that's actually caught everyone's uh, attention, uh, Zombie U. Tell us about that. Um, well, it's to start with, it's not quite the FPS that a lot of people seem to originally think that it might be. It's kind of closer. It reminds me a bit of, of Condemned when the 360 launched. Um, you know, it's, it's very much a survival game. Um, where you've got to find everything, find tools. It's it's kind of in keeping with the way that zombie games, the zombie genre is moving now, since certainly post Day Z or Day Z, <laughs> uh, um, with this this idea that in fact you know you can't simply there won't be enough ammo to kill them all, so there's no point engaging things head on. You've just got to try to survive, and that's 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 the point of the game. Um, it's very, very atmospheric. It's perhaps not as polished in some ways as as, as you might hope for, say, a AAA game. It's It's got the feel very much, for me, of, of the kind of launch game that people will rave about, but in retrospect, perhaps decide was just you know an above average or very decent game well, i think people would forgive it being rough around the edges if it really shows off what the uh, the system can do i mean how does it make use of these new tablet features well i'm not that far into it actually at the moment um i've mainly been concentrating on nintendo land um but zombie u uh it's it's i mean the touch screen simple little things like um for inventories and the like it sounds kind of pointlessly simple it sounds like something that you could just map to the buttons but you realize it becomes 
just so much more intuitive just to kind of select something and quickly swipe something into a quick um f- from a different weapon or something like that um to be able to see what you've got at all times so you can almost use peripheral vision this it's back to what nintendo have really proved the success with on um with their handhelds which is dual screen gaming this idea of you know keeping your eye on one screen whilst you can just quickly check another there's no stop and start you don't have to pause to go to another screen you can always tell where the map is you can always know that you know what you've got in your inventory there's no double checking and i think it's the kind of feature that you know when you come to games that require large amounts of micromanagement it's just going to be an absolute deal breaker for for multi-format titles like that okay well um let's uh Let's move on to Nintendo Land, seeing as that's the one you've been playing um, the bulk of. This one really should show off what the sister can do, right? Uh, yes, yes, it should. Bun- bundled um, with every uh, every console, I presume. No, not bundled with every console. This is uh, one of the premium editions. That's really um, surprising. So, Steve, did you get any games at all bundled with yours? Um, just because the bundle came, which came bundled with the game from the retailer, but. I- uh, had it not, I'd have just bought the console on its own. Right, okay, okay, that's a new thing for Nintendo, isn't it? It's odd, given the fact that they, it does seem to be their kind of new version of Wii Sports. You know, the the one that's supposed to show you exactly what the technology does. You know, you can imagine. I mean, if someone gets home with the basic edition and picks up, say, a bit of a duff title, they're going to come away feeling very jaded with it and think about trading it in pretty sharpish. Right. Okay. Well, t- tell us more about uh, Nintendo Land. Um, it's kind of set like a theme park uh, where you've got different attractions, and they're all based around you know games of old. You've got based around uh, things like Donkey Kong, and you've got um, a Zelda-inspired game in there oh, perfect as well. For you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you, your little uh, me character that you create, your little avatar, does in fact don a little link outfit as well so it's yeah it is um it's it's certainly is it shows off what the gamepad can do and that was really the the driving force behind its development um it's you know you've got some games that show off um just how well it works with things like the gyro as, as steve was saying with some like batman where you can hold it up and then you're looking around your environment so you're actually waving it about the room and being able to see exactly you know things that aren't on the main tv screen stuff like that um that works really well but you can't really get away from the fact that it is a selection of mini games you know there there are some things in there like um this donkey kong uh game where you've got to guide a a, a little cart down and around a little course um yeah where you can tilt the controller to move the cart along the course um, and it, it kind of feels a little bit like say uh, Little Big Planet on the Vita um, you know some of these ideas have been done before some of it is just very much basic gameplay you know tilting to steer and things like that with uh, an F-Zero style game you know what I, I, the the Call of Duty thing I thought that was very cool and for a second there you nearly had me sold Leon do, do, does this have you run into the shops just yet? Uh, I'm not running. I, I am kind of interested, though. The whole um, doing your class and all that sort of stuff on the gamepad and calling in your kill streaks. What about it, these party it, games in Nintendo Land? I mean, do we do we really care anymore? 
Um, personally, that, that's not for me. But I don't know. You got the same thing happening when the Wii came out. You know, everyone galvanised around Wii bowling and Wii tennis and stuff because it shows what the system can do. Um, these ones, I've seen people playing it. Um, it. Doesn't have me jumping off my sofa just yet, but I'm intrigued. Well, you seen one in person? I haven't seen it in person, but I've seen it online right, and stuff. Okay. Has a battery life on that um, handheld thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, now you're starting to get into some of the little flies in the ointment. Not that I'm the one here slinging. <laughs> I say nothing, and then the first thing I say is, "How's the battery life?" <laughs> he says with a leading question. Yeah, um, perhaps I know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not great. Um, it's you know, going on say very small applications, just messing about in the menus, you can get five hours out of it. But if you're, you know, intensive gaming and you're you're shaking the pad, what's like mad. What, what's intensive gaming? I remember back in the day when I was in my uh, early twenties and I had disposable time. Um, I, it wasn't uncommon for me to get home from work, have uh, something to eat, and just sit and game all evening. And that could be that could be four or five hours if I was um, home early enough. So you know. Uh, where does that leave you? Can, can could I do that? I mean, or, or am I going to be left high and dry by eight in the evening? You can you can charge it. You can charge it. Um, well, you can charge this one from the plug. So you know you get the charging cable with it. So it's it's not perhaps quite as wireless as it initially seems. But by the same token, I mean we've we've all basically done that at some point with uh, you know playing charge kits for other consoles. It it's yeah exactly. Um, it's got to be a long always, cable. Yeah, um, but there again, if if you're charging from a plug socket nearby, or you can mm, charge from USB, so it's whichever's going to be closest. Um, but yeah, it, it's not great, but it, that's because you know you've got force feedback in a tablet device. That's you know someone might have the screen on full brightness, and it's also using you know the little things like the gyro and the like and so therefore you've got everything working you know some of the little mini games are going to be using the camera as well so it's got a lot going on in it is it is it quite intuitive will it shut the screen off if it's not being used to save battery power or is it kind of just on if the console is on no it 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 kind of like powers down um the screen goes dim very easily and then you know, there are times where if you sit down on the sofa next to it, it, it picks up that sm- small vibration and then it, you know, comes back to life very easily. And it, has it got onboard sound as well? Yep, got onboard sound. You've got a couple of little speakers there. You know, you've got a microphone as well. Um, the sound the sound is actually pretty decent. I mean, the sound on the screen, uh, considering, you know, how much it will cost to replace and considering everything that they've chucked into it. I'm really impressed by the screen, which is, you know, basically the main thing that people were worried about. It's really bright, it's very vivid, um, and the onboard sound is a lot better. It, I mean, it, it's it's probably better than, say, something like the Vita's sound, which, considering how much that cost, um, I think, it, you know, they're doing spectacularly well. So how are they doing sales-wise? Are they shifting units? Has it been disappointing? Is it, you know, exceeding expectation? I don't think it's sold as well as we're hoping. I mean, a few of the launch games got in the top 40, but quickly dropped back out again. Um, you know, it's obviously bigger in Japan. I think Japan have taken it quite well. But over here, I think it's going to be a little bit slower on the uptake. Whether that means people are going to save the sales for Christmas or just after Christmas, I don't know. But, yeah, hopefully it won't be like the Vita, where initially it gets a few few 
decent little games then or trails off you know hopefully the big games like Lego City Undercover are coming out at the start of next year so you know there is support coming next year yeah I mean they want a better attach rate than I think the Wii started showing because they are actually making a loss with this one they're unlike the Wii they're not straight into profit they're making a loss on this and you know apparently it's it's such a minor loss that you know, as soon as they sell a game, they're then into profit. But that obviously means that, you know, they want people to be buying software. Yeah, of course, because um, obviously the Wii U had its uh, piracy issues, shall we say, and uh, it wasn't exactly the most complicated machine in the world to um, get running uh, Moody software. So hopefully they've learned from their mistakes. So if, in, if you're in the market for a Wii U, uh, recommended games, what do, what, what do you reckon? What's, the, what's the, the kit to go for? The premium, the basic? What, what game should be looking to package up with it too? Um, well, it really depends what you want from day one. If you want to be able to use the eShop and download the full kind of retail games from Nintendo without having to hook up a hard drive separately, then you're going you're gonna to need the premium because once you've basically downloaded all the system gubbins on the basic edition then you don't even have enough room to download new super mario brothers u uh so for that you're going to need the premium if on the other hand you simply want to be able to browse for maybe in the future downloading a few demos or you just want some of the the indie titles uh to download then you you should be fine with the pre with the uh standard you know basic edition for now remind me of the difference in price sorry i think you did tell me before it's about maybe 50 to 70 pounds and obviously it's a bit more i mean it probably probably is worth it though just to push for it and and have that added option you know if if you want and the, the, the freedom that comes with the extra space it looks better in black as well <laughs> well there you go there you have it folks can i just um, say what do you think they're kind of under pressure to put you at the end of exclusive titles or can is it entirely up to the developer so for example if i'm making a game and it is called podcast for some weird reason would i need to call it podcast you to make nintendo happy if you're a terrible person yes I mean, why do they always do that with the 64s and the and the, the Wii's? It's just like, why? Just in case you don't get it. <laughs> it's really, it's really annoying, and it's really naff. It's a sign knowing you're loyal to Nintendo. That's what it is. I've just got, I've just got this, uh, this vision of like, you know, these Nintendo execs just basically saying to these guys, you, you know, you are going to put you on the end of this game title, right? <laughs> Just so we're all clear. <laughs> giving, them, giving them that look. <laughs> the developers are going, yeah, yeah, of course. Because at one stage I thought Zombie U, it might mean you play a zombie at some stage or another. Is that right? Is that not right? Well, I guess you do die and you, you have to go back to your own character, right? Yep. But you don't um, ever play as a zombie. Well, there's a, there's a multiplayer uh, mode where, yep, uh, zombies will hunt someone. You play as like the kind of zombie master type thing, um, and you have to basically kill, uh, yeah, the guy who's trying to survive. And how that's the whole point of the game how long can you survive? Because it, it's all about, you know, you will die at some point and become a zombie, even though then that character is dead. There's a cool game coming out on the PC, I think it's just like an indie game, 
um, um, forgive me, I don't even know the title, but I do know that you play multiplayer uh, as a group of survivors and you're fighting off these zombies. But if you get caught and turned, you become that zombie and it's then down to you to attack your teammates and you will score based on that as well, which I thought was quite cool. That's quite a nice, interesting, different idea. If they can keep that sort of stuff up with the console, I, th- I think it's just a novelty factor. I want to see if the novelty factor is going to wear off. That's what I want to see. And online, what's the online like on it? What's the marketplace like? Can you just send friends list friends requests now? Yeah, yeah. Um, the the friends uh, system seems pretty well integrated. Um, the only real issue at the moment is that there perhaps aren't enough games uh, really utilising that functionality. Um, Nintendo you would think would be pushing that uh, but when you look at something like Nintendo Land th- you know you've got several multiplayer attractions in this little fairground they're all local multiplayer right you know not online even something like that and now you would think that that is you know kind of that's something that, fair enough you can miss on the Wii it's like um, it's 2012 soon to be 2013 how how can they not have that i know it is it is pretty uh, astounding the same as with the you know, chat features, no cross-game chat. Um, you know, chat is to be something that's going to be implemented by developers rather than being, you know, system-wide and a prerequisite. No cross-game um, chat, that's crazy. I mean, ask ask any PlayStation owner how they feel about that, and that will really start a conversation. I mean, it's got some kind of video chat thing, right? Yeah, you've got a video chat, but it's not something that you can use in-game. You can't just... Um, Listen, don't don't let your kids on there by yourself. No doubt that will descend into Uno uh, mayhem. <laughs> any owners on the Xbox will know exactly what I'm talking about. But it does kind of feel a bit like you know Nintendo just don't quite get what say the core audience want. I think that's from crazy. I they... think that's crazy because they're an international company. They're not just you know a group of, of Japanese guys in white lab coats that I like to imagine shut off from the rest of the world. You know they'll be hiring top people from the states and from Europe, and you know they'll they'll know all about this stuff. The top people at Nintendo aren't just in a Nintendo bubble. They can't be. Yeah, the bubble's made of money basically. It is a shame, because like when you're playing Call of Duty, you know, you can't really talk to anybody, because nobody talks because they've got a headset, and which, seem, like you say, seems stupid, considering it's got a microphone and speakers built into the gamepad. It's it's a crazy decision. Yeah, it's, it does seem a massive sort of uh, oversight. Mark, tell us about the uh, the Pro Controller. I mean, uh, you were very adamant that you wanted to pick this up first time round, even though it was kind of already um there was a few things about it a few quirks that were uh, sparking debate online yeah the the pro controller it, i mean it basically it looks like a a, a cloned 360 pad um but just with the the two analog sticks in a straight line similar to to the way the the ps3 is designed so it doesn't have them offset which you know was that I a find, hybrid of both then yeah i mean i find that you know the idea of the offset um analog secondary analog stick the well probably the primary one that you use your your left thumb on uh i just find that the most comfortable i think uh microsoft nailed that with a 360 pad um it's nice and comfortable uh to hold it's it's reasonably lightweight everything's there it's basically your standard face buttons and d-pad arrangement with a home button in the middle and you've got power switch there um, how much does it set you the, back that comes bundled with the premium. All oh, right, okay. So, well, let's say if Steve wanted to pick that up, how much is it? I think they're thirty quid. Um, Steve. Yeah, 
What's, uh, what's an Xbox uh, controller set you back these days, Leon? Yeah, it's about that, 30 quid. I think it's 24 99 really? maybe. as much as that? Yeah. Goodness me. Mm, they're still pretty... Microsoft had always been quite bad at accessories. I mean, how much of the hard drives cost? Like 100 quid for 120 yeah, hard exactly. drive. Well, that's what I was kind of uh, hinting at earlier when I said, you know, all of those upsell accessories. It's crazy. Mm. You know, they should just be, you know, open open to everyone. It's, it's a hard drive, for God's sake. You know, it's a controller. You should plug it in, it works. <laughs> PS3 are quite compatible with hard drives out, so Sony do it at least. Yeah, very true. Yeah, and you could even replace your internal one quite easily. I shoved a 500 gig one in my uh, Sony PlayStation and used about 5 gig of it for two, three years. <laughs> I should say, though, there is one little caveat that should accompany any review of the Pro Controller as well as the gamepad, which is the secondary triggers. They're not your well, what we would now consider fairly standard and almost traditional, you know, with a large depressible section there. They're far more kind of binary, just switches, kind of toggles. Uh, oh, I hate that. Which means... PS3's like that. Uh, but these are far more, you know, these secondary triggers are, you know, it's either on or it's off. There's some wiggle room in there, but you do wonder when, say, a big uh, multi-format racing title comes out and they want to you know put one as accelerator and one as brake how that's going to work mario kart you yeah well you do well they're bound to put in something some crazy control scheme there but you know they that's that's the whole point though is that nintendo design controllers around what their game designers want to implement so the next big set of triple a titles will have been designed or the controller will have actually been molded around what those kind of core visionary designers will have wanted. However, for the mainstream, you know, games devs uh, who want, you know, these kind of far more analog triggers, um, I just can't see how they're going to map any kind of reasonable racing title to this without having to resort to kind of, I don't know, accelerate and brake via the second second thumbstick, perhaps. I don't know. But what what is the next uh, the next big title to come out, and when's it due? When's Mario coming out? Where is it? Lego City Undercover comes out in March next year. That is going to be the biggest game ever. Not until March. Mm Mm-hmm. It it was. It did get put back, unfortunately, so it should have launched sooner. But there you go. I'm happy to wait for that. So is is there a Mario game even announced or due? Well, we've got New Super Mario Brothers U, which was a launch title. Right. Is that a proper bona fide Mario sequel? It's a traditional two D. Mario game in the the vein of you know New Super Mario Brothers. Uh, so the answer would be no. <laughs> no, you'll have to wait for that one. Such a shame, isn't it? Like who made that decision? Uh, who made that call? That's on a, that's the Bayonetta two. That's coming out for the Wii U. Oh, I know. There you go. Yes, I know. People keep rubbing that in my face. Um, actually, yeah, I do kind of want Bayonetta two. Will it make me buy a Wii U though? Probably not. Hey, you know, I remember a time when you could hire consoles from Blockbuster. You can still do it online. Can you really? Maybe I'll hire it for you, Leon. <laughs> That'll be when's, great. When's your birthday? <laughs> Miles away. So, from one new console to potentially another, uh, Valve could be entering the hardware 
side of things with uh, a potential deal for living room PCs. Leon, have you got the uh, backstory on this one? Um, yeah, I'm not too sure exactly where it was, but um, Kotaku, I think it was, had an interview with Gabe from Valve. Basically, it was Gabe just saying that Valve are preparing a living room friendly PC package which should be on the way next year. Uh, juicy. Um, I mean, look, as you guys aren't really PC gamers, I guess this is kind of more um, more a question for you guys. I mean, are you interested in, in an alternative to an Xbox or a PlayStation or a Wii U? Something which is breaking the mould, something a little bit new? At the right price, I would. What? That's the only thing putting me off at buying a PC. Do you know, a gaming PC is the price. So if this came out, you know... Say maybe 150, 150, 200 yeah, quid. Yeah, you and then. I have had conversations about this on the forums and kind of off the forums, and it, it can, you know, be quite a, a big thing to jump into and invest in. But I would say a fairly decent gaming PC can probably be built for around three, maybe four hundred at a stretch. Um, I don't know what what. Are they saying that there's going to be sort of standardised hardware in it or, you know, a certain spec? Uh, there's no sort of specifics as of yet. He was talking big ideas, really. Um, he, he says, hardware moves so quickly, so I suppose you can't really commit anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's saying he's expecting, it won't just be Valve that will be doing them. He's expecting other people to be making these sort of things, perhaps in hinting that it will be, because it's going to be Linux-based, the operating system, so I don't know whether it's just be like a client that you could run on, say, an Alienware machine or an, a Dell machine specifically made to run it um, but that's that's the thing a lot of people are sort of waiting to see what is the spec is it upgradable um, is are there various price points it's, it's I tell you I tell you who'd be interested in uh, pushing one of these devices out Samsung they would absolutely love it if they got into this game got one up on Apple and a marketplace that Apple would absolutely love to be involved in but probably has got no realistic um, option to dive in. I mean, people talk about the iPad and the iPhone and the iPod being a gaming platform, but I mean, no one really takes that seriously, do they? I don't know. There, there are some. There are some good stuff on there. Um, it's is it a serious? Listen, game you're never going to play so. pay forty quid for an iOS game, though, are you? Um, not yet. No, maybe in a few years' time when they're doing something that I haven't foreseen yet. I don't know. I wouldn't rule it out though. No, very true. Very true. And that's the thing about podcasts. You can't make any two um, broad sweeping statements because someone will pull it out and <laughs> back at you sooner or later. But yeah, I, I chucked a thread in the PC section and quite a lot of all well, the PC regulars were on there um, expressing their opinions and some people, a lot of people are like hedging their bets saying, oh, we'll see what the specs are like and that sort of stuff. Um, but what I didn't see coming was a lot of people just said, no, we'll, we'll keep our PCs. I haven't really thought about that. I kind of thought that this was kind of, I don't know, the golden ticket for Valve and it's just a no-brainer that everyone you, thinks they should you do. kind of... Yeah, I think you've aimed the question at the wrong group of people. I mean, these are people that have already invested thousands. I mean, some of them literally have invested thousands on just graphic graphics cards alone, let alone even the the actual PC um, main 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 body. So, I think if you're serious about it, you've got an eye on the PlayStation owners, the Xbox owners. No? Mm, that's the, that's the thing. At that point, would you rather just wait for the next Xbox? I was just going to say, is it though? Is it aimed at, as an alternative, or is it aimed as a plus one? I, you know, people such as myself, you've got, I've got three hundred and sixty PS three and a Wii U. 
you know, next generation, I'm thinking right now, I'll, I'll just pick one from the main console manufacturers plus the Wii U, you know, because it offers something different. Uh, would Valve be actually aiming for that console crowd to say, give up your next gen consoles? Or will they be saying, no, you can, you know, we're an alternative as well as. I think, almost- I, I think they have to be give up what you got because 90% of the games are the same. Even if you're looking at it from a point of view of I'd quite fancy some sort of massively multiplayer online role-playing game or or whatever, a lot of those games aren't on Steam anyway. Um, Warcraft being the most obvious example. So, you know, the question arises, would I be able to play Blizzard games on there, for example? Um, I I think they're kind of... It's going to be the same games, basically. So you'd have to choose one or the other or have more money than sense, really. And I suppose if they're pushing out Steam boxes, then all all of the hardware is pretty much going to be the same. They might have different levels. They might have a basic one. They might have a mid-range one. They might have a top-end one. But you're still kind of in console territory. I mean, there's nothing to say that Microsoft won't bring out a console, one which is a, a premium one with um, a high-end graphics unit in, for example, where you're going to get more frames per second or more textures or so on and so forth, you know? Doesn't it just start to muddy the water, though, at that point? Like, that's the whole point with PC gaming. You can tweak it, and a lot of people do derive the pleasure from, you know, cranking out that extra frame per second or having, like, triple AA or what on or whatever it is. Bench- benchmarking is fun times, I tell you. Yeah, exactly. So uh, where, where do you draw the line? I mean, if it's an easily accessible box, do they want to have loads of different SKUs? Um, or do they just want it to be literally be the equivalent of plug and play? It's, it's a great point. And then the obvious answer would be, if you're doing this thing which is very new, you're going to make it simple for people. So therefore, it would be standardised. So therefore, you're basically, <laughs> you are competing with the console. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know, my, my thought is... I'm already deep down the Xbox rabbit hole. I'm, you know, I've spent God knows how many points on games and arcade games and all this all sort of stuff, and I'm expecting to carry that over to the next generation. So I've got just this massive library with me already. And am I going to give that up um, just for a bump in resolution, which might look good in between cycles, but by the end, am I really going to care that much? Probably not. Really, you 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 wouldn't. You wouldn't turn your back on all of those games that you're probably not likely to play that much again. I don't. Th- you might. You might play the odd, um, uh, odd bit of Peggle or um, I don't know whatever it is you might go back to. But you know the the other games are you likely to go back to them? You know, I'm, I'm cultivating a bit of a digital library over here. It's it's good. I've got you know that that come back and kick back and play like Doom and stuff like that. You know I do like going back and playing older games, and I, I want to have the ability to do that. And hopefully, because arcade is it's just online, there shouldn't be too many, you know, conflicts of hardware or anything like that. I'm I'm really hoping to be able to carry that over. For someone like me who has an existing Steam catalog, a massive existing Steam catalog, there's little websites you can go onto and. Um put your uh, Steam ID in and it will actually work out what your catalogue is worth and it's a massive eye-opener for some people when you see what you potentially could have spent. Mm, For me, uh, a second box for, say, the living room that's like, you know, I don't know, say 300 quid, 350 quid, could be quite interesting. You know, that that, that would be an option. But would I ever turn my back on my, you know, full-blown rig? Absolutely not. Uh, moving on, Leon, you've been playing Far Cry 3. Should we be excited? 
Um, we should be actually. It's actually pretty decent. I I wasn't that excited about this game when they announced it at E3 and they did that really poor demo with um, three very awkward looking peeps that clearly didn't play video games very often. And um, since then, I haven't seen or heard much. Uh, Far Cry 3 is generally one man against the world. Uh, anything different this time around? Yeah, I mean, I didn't play Far Cry 2, but I've seen quite a bit about it. Um, it's basically just an open world shooter. Is it a shooter? I don't know. It, it may or may not be. It's more action adventure, probably. Well, it's a first person um, um, shooter it went on first glance, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I mean, it's equally easy to play it with all the other sorts of stuff they've got in there that the bow and arrow is the hot new thing in there um, that's quite fun uh, basically it kind of takes a little bit from a lot of very good games that I kind of like it takes the, the free roaming of like a fallout and the kind of spread out world and a map with fast travel and quests and such I was just about things. to ask you is it this year's Skyrim? Is it this year's Skyrim? I don't know um, when I say that I mean that adventure game that you can lose yourself in for hours and hours and hours it's totally that it, it really is that it's it's got a really good feedback loop that a game like that has where you've got a massive quest and I just like, the way I play those games is pick a place that's miles away I don't fast travel there I walk there and you just get distracted constantly oh there's an animal I want to hunt oh no some guys have just come around a corner in a van and I've got to shoot them or try and escape them and oh I can pick this plant up here or skin this animal or do this for crafting and so next- choose your own adventure yeah, it kind of is, and it all just kind of feeds back into itself. You find yourself just two hours later having chased a tiger halfway across a desert or something, and then realise you're nowhere near what you were meant to be doing anyway. Yeah, because I was going to say to you guys, doesn't it feel like we're kind of missing that kind of game this year? I mean, there has been games of that ilk, but not anything which has kind of really hit home. I'd say so. Um this definitely rings of like Fallout and like I say a bit of Red Dead in there as well and it's just different it's like after playing Black Ops and Battlefield it's just nice to be on like a tropical island and just running around it's quite quite peaceful and it's just it's just different it's nice um, I played Far Cry 2 and I couldn't get into it at all there was just too much travelling from here to here to kind of do a fairly menial task only to end up travelling again and I found it quite unforgiving as well some of the fights were quite brutal so you'd end up, you know, just kind of being stuck in the middle of nowhere and dying two minutes later. But it was an incredibly pretty game to look at. And on the PC, it was fantastic. It looked really, really great. So have they kind of learned from those mistakes, do you think? Um, I would say that it's not that hard. Um, it's interesting because you can play it many different ways. Obviously, it's kind of got that deus sexy thing about it. You can try and go in a bit stealthily. Um, you can just run in and shoot everybody in the... In the, in the whole camp that they're in or you can let the animals like there, there are stories online of people who just sidle up to a camp and they zoom in with their camera and mark every enemy and next thing like a tiger jumps out and mauls the entire camp and you get a silent takedown bonus for it and it's, it's, <laughs> it's quite unpredictable in that way sort of thing so uh, how does that work with the tiger exactly? so the, they'll, they might have it sometimes in a camp it'll be in a cage and you can snipe the lock off the cage and let out the tiger and it'll kill everybody that's there oh my or god it's sold this it, is genius it, it's good it's, it's got that real good like free roam sort it's of GTA not, I'm thing I'm logging onto Steam as we speak <laughs> and downloading it's where all these sort of like AI routines start to play with each other like you'll be hunting a gazelle and then another bigger animal will eat that and you think okay so I'll, I'll hunt that and then next thing you know a tiger's chewing your arm off and it's, it's just kind of stuff happens randomly it's one of those ones you'll stand around at work the day after and talk about and go did this happen to you brilliant 
Which Sounds is, fantastic. It's kind of perfect type of game. It's quite un. I don't know if it's a surprise. I expected it to be good, but I think they've just blended a lot of elements of a lot of games very successfully. Any chance we could be talking about it next month for Game of the Year? I definitely Game of the Year contender. Definitely, it's one of the best games for a while. You're playing on Xbox. Yep, as always. Looks looks pretty. Um, it looks good. I will say that the frame rate isn't great sometimes. Those all those crazy systems that I'm talking about. Um, yeah. When it gets to a point where you've got your 20 dudes, loads of animals, some fire going off, and things exploding, the frame rate chugs a bit. Um, and it doesn't look. I mean, it looks nice, but it's not. It's missing the resolution bump, you know. Right. And how many hours have you sunk into it so far? Uh, I must be just under, probably about five, maybe. Okay. So it's a good 30-hour game, though, apparently. Right. Brilliant. That's good value yeah, so, for money, then. Yeah, definitely. It'll take a while, but we'll see how we go. And review for the site, is that uh, expected anytime soon? Incoming. Uh, I, I'm going to dodge the question like a politician. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's coming. I couldn't tell you when, but soon. Well, I mean, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, always check our review section, see what's hot and what's not. Um, and hopefully Leon's will be on there by the time you listen to this. Hopefully. <laughs> So next month will be a little bit of a special podcast. It'll be our annual look at the games over the year and we'll try and pick what our favourites have been and uh, argue it amongst ourselves until we have an eventual winner. Um, is there anything that anyone hasn't played yet that needs to that they need to catch up on ready for that conversation, fellas? Borderlands 2 for me, probably. I probably should play Far Cry 3. Yeah, you've really sold me on Far Cry 3. I think I'm going to have to... Um, download that now have you played the walking dead yet no but i did buy it i've got that all sorted and um on my two weeks off over christmas i will be um i'll be hammering the walking dead i'm really looking forward to that and i actually cunningly installed a pc at my parents place uh, about six months ago and uh, put a decent decent graphics card in there so i'm ready to rock on that nice <laughs> just next used to go visit them <laughs> well yeah and I, I i'd said oh i've got a present for you here's my old pc and they're like oh brilliant so uh, <laughs> with a ton of games already pre-installed on it's us. a trojan horse of entertainment basically mark uh, anything you're need, you need to catch up on uh yeah quite a lot actually um well Halo 4, Far Cry 3, um, Dishonored, piqued my interest quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, I haven't even got around to that. Basically, a lot of things that I would have played on a 360, I've got to, I've got to get that plugged in again and sort out those. I've also, like you, downloaded The Walking Dead, and I'm just waiting for a day where I've got absolutely nothing else on, so I can just cane that. I will warn you guys, like... I don't know, The Walking Dead, I, I've really liked the fact that it's been episodic, you know, like, it's just so unremittingly bleak, like, it, it makes you just exhausted by the end of an episode that I'm not sure I could play, like, five in a row. I think that would be pretty intense. I've heard it's pretty emotional. I'm I'm, I'm ready to kind of sort of play an ep and then maybe take a couple of days off, maybe play a bit of Far Cry 3 in between or something, mm. and hopefully we'll get the whole entire reviews team on board for that one, so it might be um, a full house. Let's hope so. Yep, and in the run-up uh, to that podcast, we'll be publishing an article where we'll put up our little shortlists as well, so we can all make a, a case at that point. Good stuff. Uh, any Wii U games likely to make that list? Ooh, um... You know what? I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
bit of a loaded question, I, would, I confess. I would have loved to have been able to say yes, but uh, you know, even the best at this stage, there's just it, it. It's been a good year for gaming, I think, in general. I think that the bar's been pretty high. Um, there's going to be a lot of stuff kind of cut off. I'm playing a bit more of Max Payne three recently, and then just thinking, uh, does it does it make a list? Um, playing a bit of journey as well um you know there's a lot of stuff to to mull over with this year so that brings us to a close of uh, december's podcast and of course 2012 as a whole it's been a brilliant gaming year guys thanks so much for uh, joining us we always appreciate your um your listening and uh we'll be back in january with our special um, review of the year and hopefully try and pick a winner out if that's even possible um, keep your eyes on the site Mark's got a Wii U review coming out which I'm sure you're really really desperate to uh, to read as always thank you Mark cheers Steve thank you Leon cheers and thank you Steve thank you very much um, and we will see you next month all content including sound clips and music is copyright material and featured for promotional use only AV Forums podcast is copyright M2N Limited.